This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. There's a couple of shilas, <clears throat> three interesting shilas that come up with this upcoming Shabbos. With the uh, two of them happen every year on the Shabbos after Pesach, and the third happens this year the way Rosh Chodesh falls out. So the first big shayla that comes up for Shabbos this week is do you or don't you say Avarachamim by Musaf, prior to Musaf? And everyone starts to look in art school, what does art school say? So there's this little book called Shulchan Aruch. There's another book called Mishtabrura. They tell us what to do, how to conduct our life. So here you have to know where to look. Because here it's not brought down in Hilchas Pesach. It's brought down in some Reish Pei Dalit. Reish Pei Dalit is in Hilchas Shabbos, Chayla Gimel of the Mishtabrura. At the end of Semiresh Pedal, the Ramah tells us that there's a practice to recite Avarachamim on Shabbos day. He quotes a practice that we recite this very beautiful and moving tefillah. If you haven't yet uh, went through the words, it's a very, very beautiful piece of tefillah. And we say that every day, every Shabbos before a Musaf. Says the Ramah, except for days when you don't say Tachanan. Any day that you wouldn't say Tachanan, you wouldn't say Avarachamim, which gives away a little bit that Avarachamim is most likely something to do with sadness. And usually the day we don't say Tachanim is, is happy, so the two don't collide. So the assumption is Avarachim is some form of sadness, therefore we don't say it. On top of that, says the Ramah, any day that we are Mavarachim Chodesh, Shabbos Mavarachim, we also don't say Avarachamim. So if that's the case, this coming Shabbos, we have two reasons not to say Avarachim. First of all, we're still in the month of Nisama, we don't say Tachanim. Secondly, it's Shabbos Mavarachim. Writes the Ramah, Milvad Bimei Hasvira. You're right, normally, Shabbos Mavarachim, we would omit the Avarachim, except for Yimei Asvira. And then he concludes, Follow your Minog. This is very Minog-based. Do whatever your Minog is. Now the question is, why should I say Avarachim even during Svira? So many people think it's because of the Talmidim Reb Akiva who died. That's 100% wrong. It has nothing to do with Reb Akiva students. What does it have to do with? This Tvil of Avarachim was Nisak in approximately in the 12th century. Why was it Nisak in the 12th century? Right after the First Crusades. We know the First Crusades took place in 1096. We're not going to get into the whole history of it now. We, we usually talk about it on Tisha B'Av, as it's one of the kinnas on the Tisha B'Av. But we all know 1096 was a horrible crusade where many, many Jews lost their life predominantly in Germany and, the, and, and Germany and France, right? More Western Europe. And after that, the Rishonim at that time, Rashi actually being one of them, pushed, uh, made, were misakin a very moving kinnis and yoitzris even. And on top of that, this tefillah Avarachim became set. So therefore says the Magen Avram, Mishabur quotes the Magen Avram, that since Avarachim was really instituted for this event, it's very apropos that during this time, when it actually happened, the Crusades happened in spring, which is between Pesach and Shavuos, therefore says the Magen Avram, that's why we say it, on this Shabbos, even though it has Shabbos Mavarachim, on top of it also has Nisan, Afopikim, we still say Avarachim. So writes the Magen Avram, Mr. Burak quotes the Magen Avram. They never say Avarachim. I don't think they ever say Avarachim. It's brought down by the Ramah. It's a very, it's a very Ashkenazic thing, because the Crusades was predominantly for the Ashkenazic Jews. Now what is interesting is like this, what would happen if let's say this Shabbos, you have a Shabbos Sheva Brachas. Let's say someone got married this week, and it'll be Shabbos Shabbos Brachas. I was in the shul a few years ago, probably already almost close to 10 years, where there was a chassan Shabbos Shabbos Brachas on this type of Shabbos. So the chassan comes over to me and he says, I'm a chassan, I got married this week. I said, Ma'alotov. So we're not saying Avarachim, right? I said, wrong. We're still saying Avarachim. 
He said, but I'm a chassan, it's Sheva Brachas. I said, I know, but look in the Mishnaburu. Mishnaburu quotes from the Magav Ram, that even if it's Sheva Brachas, even if it's a bris milah, you still don't, you still say Avarachman. Says the Mishnaburu, the only exception is, if it would be Rosh Chodesh. If it would be Rosh Chodesh and Shabbos, then everyone agrees we don't say Avarachman. But says the Mishnaburu, anything else, anything short of that, we do say Avarachman. Now people make a mistake, if Shemazalman writes this in a place in the Sefer, people think that a bar mitzvah you don't say Avarachman. That's made up. There's no source that you don't say Avarachim when there's a bar mitzvah. There's no, there's no such halacha. Shemizam points it out. He says it's not true. What does the bar mitzvah have to do with Avarachim? Chosin is one of the things, but bar mitzvah is, is made up. But so even if you have a bar mitzvah this Shabbos, and plenty of bar mitzvahs this Shabbos, you still would say Avarachim. That's the way the Mishnaburu Paskins. That's the way the Aruch HaShulchan writes, and that's the way all the luachs, all the luchas that we have, they write it like that. But it is worth mentioning that not everyone agreed to this. Of course, you can't have everything that everyone agrees to. So here's interesting. Here you find the Vilna Goin and the Chassidim in the same camp, which is ironies of ironies, right? We know that they were usually at each other's throat, but here the Vilna Goin agreed with the Chassidim. The Vilna Goin writes in Maisel Rav, Kemat, not Mufurish, but almost Mufurish, that he thinks that on this Shabbos, we don't say Avarachamim. Then we don't say Avarachamim. And that's what many Hasidic circles do also. In many Hasidic circles, they also will omit the Avarachamim. Spinka, Karlin. Sulitz and Farakaway, right? Different Hasidic communities omit the Avarachim this week, as did the Vilna Goyim. Now, what was their logic? Their logic is, they say, what do you mean? How can you say Avarachim? It's Chodesh Nisan, the Shabbos Mavarachim. I, the Magen Avram, they, they think it's a misread of the Magen Avram. They think when the Magen Avram wrote Aleph, Vav, Aleph, so we, sing, we think that means Ein Anu Aymrim. They say, no, it means Anu Aymrim. Which, if you read the Magen Avram, it does not sound like that at all, but we'll leave it at that. So in the Hasidic court, some Hasidic courts, and by the Vilna Goin, they taka, don't say Avarachamim this week. But that's not widely the accepted practice. Now what's interesting is, in some of the German towns, from, for example in Rhinus and in, Gema- in Gementia, they used to only say Avarachamim the Shabbos before Shuas. They didn't say Avarachamim every Shabbos. They only said Avarachamim the Shabbos before Shuas, because that's the main highlight of when this tragedy took place. I saw the Nitta Gavriel writes the Gavald Gichidish of Gavriel Tzina writes. He says, let's say your shul doesn't have a minig. You don't know what your minig is. So he writes, especially if you come from Hungarians, you definitely should uh, say Avarachman. What does Hungarians have to do with this? Because if you know anything about Hungarian Jewry, when was the bulk of the Hungarian Jews deported, which ultimately led them to Auschwitz and they were killed? Happened between Pesach and Shuas. That was when the bulk of the Hungarian uh, Jewry was destroyed. So he writes, on top of that, you have, you have 1096 and you have 1944. Okay, so he thinks you should say Avarachim. But most communities, I think by and large, do, do say Avarachim on this Shabbos. Now it's interesting, if you look in the Paiskim, they used to have Yitzris that they used to say between Pesach and Shavuos to commemorate the, uh, the, the first Crusades. For example, if you look in, in Minhage Sans and in Rapshitz, they used to have special Yitzris that they used to say. So they say Pshat and the Vilna Goyen like this. The reason why the Vilna Goyen held, you don't say Avarachamim, was because the Vilna Goyen held that if we were to be saying these special Yitzris, if that would be our practice, he thinks then we should say Avarachamim. But once we don't say the Yitzris, we don't really acknowledge it as, as sad. We don't really acknowledge these Shabbosim any differently. So the Vilna Goyen held, in that case, we shouldn't say Avarachamim either. So Halach Lemaisa, almost, almost all communities that I'm aware of, except for very specific Hasidic groups, except the practices that we do, we do say the Avarachamim, even though there's very good reason not to say the Avarachamim. The other shayla that always comes up the Shabbos after Pesach, it's not really much of a shayla, is about Shlusel Chalo. Right? Everyone knows you have to either... Hey, what's you, that? What's Shlusel Chalo, right? Either you bake... If you look in the original Munhagim, 
It was that they used to bake the challah in the shape of a, they bake the challah in the shape of a key. Today most people cop and they just put a key into the challah. Now, where does this come from? So the truth is, it doesn't come from, you know, the classical Rishonim, Achreinim, Paiskim. It's brought down by the Apterov, the Oiv Yisrael. The Oiv Yisrael is a very special Jew. Baba Yeshua Heschel, he lived in 1749 to 1825, not so, uh, not so long ago, a very special Yid. He was called the Oiv Yisrael because he loved every Jew. That's what they put on his Matseva. His claim to fame was he loved every Jew. I don't think most of us can say that we love every Jew, but that was his godless. So he quotes this minig, and he has a lot of creative reasons behind this minig. And this became a very popular minig. Now, why did this minig become so popular? Because one of the reasons has to do with the school of Parnassah. And once people hear school of Parnassah, that's it. They're, they're 100% bought in. They're all into it. But uh, it's not so partial what exactly the reason behind this is and how exactly it should be done. And there are those later Achreinim who felt that this whole thing is chukas Because if you study a little bit, on some of the ways they used to prepare some of the Easter bread. Some of the Easter bread used to look a little bit very, very much like a key as well. In some of the uh, Eastern European countries, when they would prepare bread for Easter, which is not so far off from the time we find ourselves, so they thought maybe we borrowed it from them instead of the vice versa version. But okay, I'm not going to go that far. But there's definitely no source that you have to do a sosachala. Like, it became very popular, even in the modern circles, which is so funny, because I don't know if they realize it comes from the Abder Rebbe, comes from the Chassidish Rebbe. But it became very popular, and it's a posh to me. The reason why it became popular is because anything that's attached to a school of Parnassah becomes popular. That's why everyone says Parshas Hamon. Why does everyone say Parashas Haman? It says in Shulchan Aruch to say Parashas Haman every single day. No one says that. They always say Parashas Haman the Tuesday of Parashas B'Shalach. Why? Nochah Rebbe said it. It's part of the Rebbe. It's a school of Parnassah. So schools for Parnassah are very, very popular. But okay, I don't uh, lose too much sleep over whether or not you put a... Uh, someone wants had a Shiloh. Which key do you put in? Do you put your office key? Because it's school for Parnassah. You're not going to put your house key in. You should put your office key in. You should put your car key in. So which key do you put in? I think the whole thing is uh, somewhat uh, overkill. I think you shouldn't do anything. I think you should eat chal. What? New cars don't have keys. Now they don't have keys anymore. It's not even the gear now. So you have to figure out a way to make the minute. I'm not sure. But the other shayel that comes up this week, which is not because of Pesach, it's because of the way Rosh Chodesh falls out. We spoke about this many times. Um, just going to mention it. There's a big shayel. What do you do with Ritzei Yal V'yav V'yamatzei Shabbos? Because Rosh Chodesh starts on Matzei Shabbos slash Sunday, and we start the Suda Shal Shodesh during the daytime, so the Mechaber writes in Shulchan Aruch, Mekuf Beiches Talach, is we always go after Hascholas Hasuda. When you want to know, do you say a Ritzei, a Yal Yav, a Yal Anisim? There's two sheets of the Mechaber. We are passing that you always go after Hascholas Hasuda whenever you start the meal. So we start Shal Shodesh on Shabbos. So since we start on Shabbos, so we say Ritzei. So Tainid the Mishdebruri quotes Machloikis. It's really a three-way Machloikis. Machloikis Taz. The Bach and the Morgan Avram. Three way Machloikis. Mr. Brewer only quotes two sheetas. What do you do this week? We're going to start Shal Shodas on Shabbos, and then we're going to bench when Shabbos is already over. So the Shal is if you say, what are your options? To say Ritzay and Yalav Yavoy? So the Achreidim say that's a Tarkas Esasri. Ritzay means it's Shabbos. Yalav Yavoy means it's Sunday. Uh, it can't be both. It's either Shabbos or it's Sunday. So which one do you do? So the Mishnah brings down over here two sheetas. Which one are you supposed to do? And his two choices are, to take a look at Kof Peches, Mishnah has two choices. His first choice is, <coughs> he thinks it's, again, this is only an issue if you eat bread after nighttime. Let's say, for example, if you have an early Shal Shudas, so you don't have a problem, because you only ate on Shabbos. But if you're going to eat Shal Shudas and eat bread even after Chashecha, the question is, what does Chashecha mean? Does that mean Shkia? Which probably most of us are going to eat bread after Shkia. Yes. Or does it mean say, say, It's not 100% clear to me. But if you look at the Mishnah he says if you're going to eat after Chashecha, then you run yourself into a problem. 
He says, Lilo, then he says, you have a tarot of the Sasri problem, and he says, you know what you should do? Just mention Rosh Chodesh. Just say, Yal Vyavay, not Ritzay. That's the first shita. Then he quotes the second shita, which is the Magada, which is the Taz, that you, you do both. <coughs> you mention both. You go both. So I'm not really sure what, I think most, I think the more accepted practice is to do both. To say Ritzay and Yal Vyavay. We, we talk a lot about it. It happened a couple years already. I know we've had this a couple times. Every Shal Shudas I talk about it. So this year I figured I'll talk about it before it happens. So the Mr. Brubing's down two shitas. I think the more accepted practice is either to do one of two things. is not to eat bread after Chashecha. Either after Tzais or Shkia, which is not so practical. The other option is I think most people follow the Taz and they talk, uh, say both. They say Ritzay and Yalviyava, even though they might be tied to the Sasri. It's not like from the Mr. Brubing that many people just do both. Okay. <laughs>